You know, in the song Little Drummer Boy, if you take out the parumpa pum pumps, all right, so what there's, which there's a lot of, um, the, the, song, the song is really broken down into three verses or three stanzas uh, that tell a story. And, and it's really about a fictional relationship between a little drummer boy and the wise men. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna walk through the, we're gonna walk through the song and, and then we're gonna pull out hopefully all these scriptural comparisons that, that will make a difference because I think the things that we're gonna talk about tonight with respect to the, to the baby that we celebrate that was born on, on this, at this time is that, that the things that we're gonna talk about are attributes that will eventually be, uh, resonate in him as a man. And so the, the first thing I want to do is I want to take a look at the, we'll, we'll take a look at the verse, the first verse, and it, and it says this. It says, um, come they told me a newborn king to see our finest gifts to bring to lay before the king so to honor him when we come. And, and I think what we can learn from this is, is this, is this, is that Jesus is approachable no matter how far away you feel you are. The text that it comes from comes from Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to just look at a couple of verses, and, and this is what it says in, in Matthew chapter 2. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to this newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signals his, signals his birth. We're on a pilgrim to, pilgrimage to worship him. And so I want, I want to set us up this way, because in, in some measure, in large measure, what, what's happening in this story and with the wise men, sometimes the wise men's story can set us up for failure, all right? And I, and I want to explain it. When you, think about, when you think about the wise men, um, you, think about, you think about the typical you know, adaptation or the typical picture. When we see the wise men, typically we see three men riding on, on camels. Yeah, we see three, three men riding on camels. And, and somehow they make this, this pilgrimage uh, from wherever the wise men came from, and they probably were magi, and they probably were wealthy, they probably had an entourage. And when, when we think of them, we just think of these three camels and these three guys, and it probably wasn't like that. As a matter of fact, it was probably a caravan. And the caravan was a caravan that traveled in style. And as part of this caravan, there would have been people that were security. There would have been people that were cooks. There would have been people that were advisors. There would have been other people that were part of supporting the whole thing. So it would almost look like you know, a wagon train or an entourage. And so it just wasn't three people that traveled across the country, and, and they could have traveled from as far away as Mesopotamia, which was 1,700 miles. So, you know, it wasn't just three guys that wandered from there, you know, to Bethlehem. And, and the, the challenge for us today, the challenge for us today is that sometimes you and I feel far away. And, and I'm going to suggest to you that, that the distance that you might feel might not necessarily be physical distance. It might be another kind of distance. It, it might be the kind of distance that people struggle with when they say, you know, my life feels like it's pretty much over. 
you know, far, you know how far I would have to, I would have to travel to get to this Jesus character? I, I'm not so sure that I don't have so many miles on me. I'm not sure that, you know, all, all of the mileage that I've accumulated in areas of life that, you know, it's pretty much, you know, my story is set, my life is done, it's unalterable, and you feel like maybe this time of year you're too far away and you can't, you can't begin to close the gap between where, where you are and, and where Jesus is. Sometimes the gap is maybe relational. Maybe you're somebody in the room that, that says, you know, I, I'm, not sure I could, I'm not sure I could make that journey because, you know, I'm, I'm on my second, third, fourth, fifth go-around relationship-wise. You know, all, all of my, all of my um, relationship um, energy is just about spent. I'm, I'm at this place where I'm here tonight and I, I just want to be in a place where I can feel good um, hopefully light a candle at the end and, and have an experience that makes me feel like I'm valued or significant or have some well-being, you know, in, in the world. And, and maybe your distance is emotional. Maybe, maybe your distance is, I, I have put my heart on the line so many times in my life and had it just absolutely rocked and crushed and I'm not gonna try to do it anymore. You know, whether you look at the song or whether you look at, at the text, Jesus, Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm approachable. And I know, you think, I know you think the journey might be a long one I know you might think the journey's an impossible one, but I want you to know that it's, it's really not about the distance, it's about the decision that you make. See, if, if you make the decision to move, he's gonna guarantee it, that, that the journey is going to be shorter than you think. It, it's not gonna be you having to crawl through, um, bust your way through. It's about you being able just to say, you know what, tonight I'm, I'm willing and, and I want in some fashion just to maybe, maybe just put one foot in front of the other and you'll be surprised at how fast the gap is closed. And Jesus, Jesus really doesn't communicate to us about things that, that we don't know. He, he communicates about things that he knows very well. Because when you, talk about, when you talk about traveling great distances, when you talk about closing the gap between where he was and where he ended up, um, he, he, made, he made a journey of quite a distance. He, he made a journey from, from heaven to earth. Look at this text from Philippians chapter two. It says, it says this, think of yourselves the way Christ, uh, Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God. In other words, he resided with God but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of, of that status no matter what. 
So, so his, his essence, his, his being was with God the Father with, in heaven. And, and he said, I'm willing to travel. Um, he says, not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave becoming human. And so the, the, the journey fr- from where he, where he was to earth is huge because he came to resemble us and represent us in every way. It, it's probably the longest journey that anyone has ever taken. And he's, and he's saying tonight, take a step. Make a move. Don't stay where you are. The, the second stanza opens things up just a little bit more, and the second stanza says this. Little baby, I am a poor boy too. I have no gift to bring that's fit to give our king. And I think what we can learn from that is this. Jesus is accepting no matter the gift you bring. So he's not only saying that he's approachable, but when you get there, he's going to be someone that embraces you. He, he's accepting in, in every way. And, and when, you, when you begin to look at the, the gifts that the wise men brought, they, they, they outdo us. They brought, they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And, and those were gifts that had some symbolic uh, significance because the gold was a gift for a king and the frankincense was the gift to a priest and the myrrh was a gift that was an embalming fluid. So they, they tell a story just in the gifts that were in, the, in what was given. We're not going to talk about the nature of the gifts. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about the value of the gifts and the value of the gifts calculated today is probably over a quarter of a million dollars in in value that the wise men could bring. And again, to a certain extent, they, they might set us up for failure because each and every one of us say, gosh, that might be what, what was in the wise men's wheelhouse, but that's not what's in my wheelhouse with respect to what I can bring because I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm a poor boy or a poor person just like the little drummer boy was and I'm not sure what gift I can bring. You know, to, to some extent, the, the wise men, maybe a modern-day translation is the wise men are a little bit like the, the Lexus, uh, the December to Remember guy. You know this guy? This, I mean, look at him. He's got a wool coat on, um, and, and, and nobody really likes him, okay? I, I don't like him. Uh, look at him. He's got a wool coat. He, you know, he's got a, a twill sweat, a turtleneck underneath, probably from Mark and Graham. He, he's got isotoner gloves and, and hipster pants, and I think Gucci loafers. Um, and, and you look at that and you say, wow, this, this guy, this guy is a gift curve buster. You know what I'm talking about? You, you know, the person that brings a gift that just absolutely blows you out of the water, and all of a sudden you think about the gift you're going to bring, and you say, where can I hide it? Right? You ever been there? You ever been at a gift exchange Christmas and you look at the gift and go, oh my God, how my, my gift's not going to measure up to that. It's not going to measure up. 
And, and so we always become concerned about, you know, just, just how accepting um, is Jesus going to be of what little I have to bring? I mean, does that make you nervous? And, you know, when, you establish, when you're beginning to establish a relationship, um, when, you, when you know that you've got your eye on somebody that you, you think, oh, wow, that I would love to close the gap with that person. Maybe, maybe we can go out on a date. Maybe we can have coffee. Maybe we can just sit and talk. Maybe, you know, how do, what are you afraid of when, when you begin to think about that? When you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my move. And I say, I, in, at my age, I can't make moves. I have to make a move. All right? It just, it just hurts too much to do moves. All right? I'm, I'm going to make I'm going to make my move. What's the thing that you're worried about the most? What? Yeah, what are, are they going to receive me? Are they going to Are they going to accept me? Am I going to Am I going to be okay if if I decide to make a move in that direction? I begin to close the distance and and I come up with the best line possible, and all of a sudden it's rebuffed. And. And I think all of us, to a certain extent, are. We're afraid of that in relationships. And I think we're also afraid of it in the potential relationship we might have with Jesus. But would, would he accept me knowing my past decision history and how much I've just ruined things. Would he accept me knowing what my sexual orientation is? Would, would he accept me knowing that I've blown up a couple of three marriages? And I, and I think all of us, if, I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, we'd say, it's, it's probably not going to work because Jesus is probably like a lot of other people I know. And if I were to bring all of that to try to closing the gap and being accepted, it, it just wouldn't happen. And that's not, that's not why we're here. That's not, that's not why the rock's here. The, the rock's here because we, we believe and we try to resemble and reflect and represent Christ in every, every way we can, that, that we believe that Jesus was wildly inclusive. He, he wildly embraced people that other people would probably set aside as not being able to be holy or acceptable or valued in any way. And, and he, he went around just collecting those folks. And, and uh, I think there's no better time than on Christmas Eve to say, let's, let's put aside our preconceived ideas about what acceptance is and, and look at Jesus and say, let's, let's use his version of acceptance, not necessarily the one I've learned from other people because it's been grievous over a period of time. Ba-rum-pum-pum-pum. 
That's my transition, by the way, okay? Into the third, into the third point, or the third stanza. It says this, shall I play for you? Mary nodded, the oxen lamb kept time. I played my best for him. He smiled at me, me and my drum. And I think what we can learn from that is that Jesus is approving. He's approving. Just bring your best. He's approachable, he's accepting, and he's approving. He, 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 appro- he approves of us. He, he doesn't say, clean it all up, people, before you come this way. Get your act together, straighten out, um, make yourself, get yourself all cleaned up. It, the, so- the song says, I played my best for him, then he smiled at me. If we, go back, if we go back to the text in Matthew, if we go back to the text in Matthew, there, there's, there's a section in there that is particularly, particularly poignant, I think, for us tonight. And I've highlighted a couple of words. Where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signals it, signaled his birth. We're on pilgrimage to worship him. You know, I, th- I, think, I, think, what we're, I think what we're seeing is, is that the wise men uh, were, were, were pagans. They, they had no religious affiliation with the nation of Israel. Uh, they came from far away. And, and I think it's just the tip of the iceberg where, where these wise men, these pagans came from far away and, and they said they came to pay homage to uh, someone that was going to be the Jewish king that they thought eventually would be the king over all mankind. And, and the two words, I think, have special significance for us. If you, if you look at the word worship, just, just for tonight, all right, just for tonight, the word worship really is, is uh, the, tr- the best translation for the word worship is literally this, the kissing ground. And so what the, what the text is saying is, is that these wise, the, these wise men came from so far away, from a great distance away, and what they were going to do is, is they were basically willing because of who Jesus was, to kiss the ground where he was. They, they, were, they were literally willing to put themselves out, not only, not only gift-wise, but they were willing to completely expend themselves with respect to getting, getting on their knees and kissing the ground where Jesus was at that particular time. And then, and then the word homage. I love this. The word homage is literally translated all gestures in life directed at him. After they kissed the ground, they were saying that after that, they wanted to make sure that all gestures in their life would then be directed toward him. And that's... That's what worship and homage is all about. You, you, be, you begin to see that, that the fulfillment that they were looking for um, wasn't necessarily in a package, right? 
The, it's not really about the package. I mean, how, how many have been getting packages at home this Christmas season? How many? Come on, raise your hands. How many? I know Amazon's been late and some of you are frustrated. Okay. I know it's really been the dog days waiting for Amazon to get there. But, but when I go home, um, all my packages in the label in the up, upper left-hand corner above, above our address, um, it, says, it says something like this. It comes from the fulfillment center at Amazon, right? It's the fulfillment center. So all of us, all of us look at the package and we say, oh, right, there's fulfillment in the package. Am I falling short there? <laughs> There's supposed to be fulfillment in the package. And I can guarantee you that when those packages arrive on your front porch, you don't know what's in there. You don't even remember what you ordered most of the time. You just say, I wonder what's in this one. And, and you open it up and you go, oh, gosh, it's the filters for the refrigerator. Man, this is boring, Right? I mean, there's such anticipation in the package, and you get the package, and all of a sudden the package is less than the package that you thought it was going to be. And here's, and here's the challenge. It's, it's never about the package. Ever. Because we, we open it up, and... And it's never about the package. It's never really about what's in the package. You know what it's about? It's about our response to what's in the package. And, and the package this time of year is not inanimate. The package this kind of this time of year is in the form of a baby that these wise men knew would someday grow up and would become king of the Jews and eventually ruler over all of mankind if mankind allows it. When, when, we, when we come to this point in life, and, and I don't exactly know what point in life you're all in tonight, it, if he's approachable, if he's accepting, and if he's approving, what does he want from us? What's the gift we can bring? I want to suggest to you that it's everything in between all the words in the song. He wants from us. What does that mean? It, it, it means that now that we've opened the gift, because it's really not about the package, it's about the response to the package. What do we do with that? And I think the parumpa-pum-pump is the perfect answer because the parumpa-pum-pump is once you open the package, once you open the package this, this time of year and realize that the package is 
Jesus Christ, Savior, Lord. The pum-pum-pum-pum is I'm willing to approach the kissing ground. I'm, I'm willing at this point in life to let all gestures in my life aspire to him. The parumpa-pum-pum means that from maybe this point forward, you'll say something along the lines of, I want the beat. I want the tempo. I want the rhythm of my life to parumpa-pum-pum right along with him. Why? Because life will be better. Probably easy to say, but the theme for us this year, beginning next week at The Rock, is this. Better decisions, fewer regrets. How do you make better decisions and have fewer regrets? Does anybody want to make better decisions and have fewer regrets? I do. I do, and, and we'll have better decisions and have fewer regrets if, if we begin to pum along with this person called Jesus. He'll, he'll help us in those decisions. He'll enable us in those decisions. He'll accompany us in those decisions. And you might think it's a long journey, but it's not. And so my question tonight is, do you want to pa-rum-pa-pum-pum this year in life? And who do you want to pa-rum-pa-pum-pum with? In, in a couple of minutes, we're all going to uh, stand and um, light candles and sing O Holy Night. And for some of us, it's, it's an annual tradition to maybe join us at the Rock or maybe go to a, a church that you typically go to. And, and it's the, the night where, you know, we see some of the bigger crowds and people do, I want to I check out my Christmas Eve box and, and just go home. I, I know about that. Because I used to do it. And I never made better decisions and had fewer regrets by doing that. My gentle encouragement to you tonight, no matter how far away you think you are, no matter how bad you think you are, no matter how irreparably damaged you think you might be in God's eyes or in God's sight, we want you to know it's not true. It's just simply not true. That's not God's economy with us. And so our desire is that 
nobody in the room light a candle just because it's time. But that you would actually light a candle tonight based on something that you've heard in one of the points that we've talked about. That, that, you, that, you, would, that you would at least light a candle and say, you know what, by, by faith, I'm not sure I believe it yet. I'm not sure what I believe. I'm not, I, I have no concept of that whatsoever, but I do know this, is that I really believe that I think life could be working for me, and I need, I need an avenue that I can pursue and follow that just might change in 2020. And so I'm, in, I'm encouraging you just to, to light the candle just because you say, I, I'm, I'm willing to take a step towards, towards Jesus. I'm, I'm willing to take a step toward faith. And, and I'm going to light it simply because I really do firmly believe that he is what he says he is and he's approachable. If that's you, light away and celebrate with us tonight. Maybe you're somebody that's going to light it tonight because you understand that um, making the move toward him, he's going to accept you and you're ready to do that. And, and, and you can do it by faith alone. You, you can just say, Jesus, I'm, I'm lighting this candle tonight because I'm putting all of my trust, all of my hope, all of my future in your hands, and, and, and I just want to light it. I want to close the gap with you, and, and I want you to accept me. If, if you say, you know, I've messed this whole journey up, I'm setting myself aside, and I'm accepting you as someone that I want to bum 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 after in life. Light it for that reason, and we'll all celebrate. And then, and then lastly, you know, the approving part of it is this. He just wants you to walk along in confidence that he cares about you, that he loves you, that he holds you in higher regard than you think. And that you're going to open that package and your response is going to be bum 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 I want the tempo and the timing and the beat and the rhythm of my life to completely be driven by him from this time forward and so if you would stand with me at this point Heavenly Father, we are humbled tonight as, as we move into singing O Holy Night and lighting a candle that it wouldn't be lit out of tradition, but we would light it tonight because we want transformation in our lives. 
and we're relying on you and trusting in you to do that. So we pray these things in your son's mighty, holy, and gracious name that we could pa pum pum along with him.